We all haven't right. talked at all after watching the video, so we'll ha- we'll have it out on uh, live. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, folks. Welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the ambassador of common sense, and I'm here with Dan, the ambassador of nonsense. Hello, folks. And we have a lot of nonsense right now. We have all kinds of nonsense and all kinds of serious stuff too. Yep. Did didn't somebody get killed in Indianapolis yesterday? Three. Three. Four shootings, died. three deaths. None Jeez. of them officer and none, none of them were police involved. So here's here's the thing about that. I could not find out and I haven't searched specifically for this, but in the couple of reports about it that that um I listened to it seemed like they were very careful not to say whether or not the person who was shot was a rioter or was a victim of rioters. Right. They just uh, this... were very clear to say it was not a police-involved shooting. Um, this is These are the ones in Indianapolis. Yeah. Okay. Specifically There's Indianapolis. A... There were like three of them. The three, there was well, like one shooting that involved two people, and then there were two other shootings. Well, in Minneapolis, there was uh, a shooting. I guess a, a guy who owned a pawn shop was just... The way they talk about it, he's just standing out in front of his pawn shop shooting at people. Oh, okay. I kind of doubt that's really what happened. But he was arrested. Yep. Oh, okay. okay. There are things like that happening all over the country, I think. Uh, yeah, and we'll talk about that. Okay. But, but, you know, we ought to give a little bit of context in case somebody listens to this three years from now. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> were, were we okay. going to, here's the thing, we had well, a plan a for this podcast. Yeah, we, well, I was, we were going to talk about, uh, taking offense easily and yeah. being brought to anger easily. And this kind of fits in. I, th- I was going to say, I think we should have that podcast and let it lead into this. Okay. We'll do that. So, but it, the event we're talking about is the uh, the death of George Floyd. George George Floyd uh, by Minneapolis police. Yeah, supposedly, maybe I don't know. I get, we're going to wait for the for- coroner. Yeah, I mean they'll probably do an autopsy. Yeah, they are doing. Given one, everything and- that's going on, yeah. Well, well, anyway, see. we'll get to that point eventually. But we are going to talk about uh, anger and being easily offended to the point where you feel uh, that you have to somehow take revenge or get even. Or And I think me and Dan, you and I are both very uniquely uh, positioned to talk about this because... Okay. I, it's very hard to offend either one of us. That's true. <laughs> and I don't just mean that we're always friendly, because I'm very rarely friendly. You're a lot friendlier than I am. I'm usually yeah, it, kind of grumpy, and but you'd have to yeah, go bo- pretty both far of us, to make me angry. Both of us are quite capable of offending people. Yeah. But, but we don't usually really take offense that easily. And I think the one of the things is is that w- most of the time when we offend people, we don't realize we're doing it. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't anyway. Too. I yeah. mean, I. Well, sometimes you mean it, to admit it. <laughs> sometimes I, I actually probably often like like with this COVID nineteen thing. Um, 
stupidity gets on my nerves. So I tend to, I see someone who's all scared of being around other people with their masks and stuff and wrapped up. And I tend to move toward them and get real close to them and talk to them just to, <laughs> just to push their buttons. I, I do like pushing buttons, but yeah, I, I seriously, it's happened over the years that people come to me and say, you did this and this caused, like, I, I had a really good friend who was mad at me for it, like 10 years. I didn't even mm-hmm. know it. Um, and the, you know, I, w- when I found out, I, I didn't apologize, but I called him up and I said, okay, let's, let's write this wrong, whatever it was. But that happens to me a lot. People say out of the blue, you offended this person or you made them angry. And that's why they haven't talked to you in years or months or weeks or whatever. Um, But I I generally don't mean to. And the reason it happens, I think, is because I look at it and think, well, that wouldn't offend me. Yeah. Why would it offend someone else? Yeah. There's a uh, there's a there's a do unto others kind of uh, hue to to this that I, and I think this comes up with, with, you know, between my wife and me sometimes. She, she will say something like, how would you feel if? Yeah. And I don't really usually answer that question because. That's going to make her angrier. Well, <laughs> she might not even be angry when she's asking it. She might be asking it on behalf of somebody else that I'm, you know, right. might have offended. But, but the answer that I would give is not what she presumes often that, right. you know, because I, I tend not to feel things, uh, in that way that, that, you know, as, as though I'm being personally attacked or something like that, even when people are personally attacking me. <laughs> right. You know, for example, uh, I spend all day trying to make this meal that I want everyone to love. And then I say, here, try this. And if somebody tries it and they make a funny face and say, this tastes disgusting, that would not offend me in the least. I just, yeah. oh, okay. They don't like it. Me neither. It's gross. <laughs> I, Note to self, don't do that again. <laughs> on the other hand, I do take a little bit of offense when I spend all day making something and someone won't try it. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I, see I, that. I don't think I take offense. I just, it's not it offense. Irritates it's me. more like, it's, yeah, that's stupid. I mean, yeah, you could at least try. How do you know you don't like it? Right. But uh, I see we, I was arguing with Jason about this point um, last week. And that's why I wanted to do a podcast about it, because I was saying that his claim is that more often than not, when someone is offended by something, they are offended out of ignorance. And if they knew that the other person didn't mean to offend them, then they wouldn't feel offended. And I think he's oh. mostly right. I think they're right. I think I'm not sure that that the way he worded it is quite right. He, mm-hmm. It's that last part. If they knew that the person didn't intend to offend them, but sometimes it's not. People don't get offended because they feel like you meant to offend them. They yeah. get offended because they feel like you're presuming on their time or taking them for granted or treating them as a yeah. uh, inferior or any of those other things. Those are the reasons people get offended. They, they don't necessarily think you mean to offend them. Well, here's how the argument went. I said, 
I said that that's probably true for most people, but... Or, I, actually, I think what his argument was that more often than not, you didn't have reason to be offended. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. I I think that might have been... I I got to watch it now because I'm quoting him, and I, now I can't quite remember. Well, that's okay. But you I know do what? Remember, if he wants to set the record straight, he can come on our show. Yeah, he's welcome to come on and record with us. But um, I, I made the point that usually... Um, it's the other way around with me. More often, I should have been offended when I am not. Mm-hmm. And he laughed at that, and we we kind of yelled a little bit back and forth over it. And I challenged him. I said, you, you tell me the last time I was angry or offended at something. And uh, eventually it came down. He said, well, just today, there was an incident with Dad, and I had I had responded in a certain way. And... He said his point was that I was offended or angered by that. And it really surprised me because because he took my response as me being angry. Oh, and I well, wasn't, wasn't angry. I wasn't offended or angry or anything. I was inwardly laughing over the incident. And uh, he thought that I was angry. And it occurs to me that a lot of times maybe... We think people are offended when they're not. And maybe they're not. Oh, that's a good point. Because I, the you last know, two times I was, I've been angered by something. It was over a, uh, it was justified, I think. And, and the problem is it, it, my anger came later, like the next day or hours later. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Kind of like the result like of a delayed, thinking it, about it. Yeah. A lot of times I don't, realize that i'm being challenged or uh I, that i'm I, that someone's doing something against me until later mm-hmm. but i i think it's like the reverse of what i was always like growing up oh right i mean you could remember be, yeah, how i was growing yeah. up i could get angry about anything i just i was like an angry person you could get angry yeah that that you know you could get angry just because somebody suggested to you that you do whatever it is you were about to do anyway right i i have always been that way and i'm much more like you at this point where i it i just it doesn't bother me nothing bothers me anymore even sometimes (laughs) when i should be bothered yeah but you've always been that way yeah i guess i have i I I can't remember too many times growing up that you actually got angry at a person or at least enough to show anger yeah but you know, that kind of made me a little bit of bully fodder, though, too. Say that again? That kind of made me a little bit of bully fodder. I got bullied when I was a kid. Oh, okay. Bully fodder. Okay. So, you know, maybe it would be have been better if I'd, you know, been able to show. I don't. I got into a couple of fights, though. Well, I was always angry, and I got bullied just as much. So I don't think it would have helped you. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just because we were angles. <laughs> well, of course, you were a bigger kid than I was. I was kind of skitty. I, I kind of begged for it. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's a, uh, a good point though about sometimes you don't realize the, you know, the right response until later on. Um, and sometimes you don't realize that you ought to be offended at something, but, um, yeah. but you know, it, it's, it's also interesting how we will say things, we will, have 
a manner of speaking that kind of means something to us with and I think this is true within every like layer of of sort of civil society families um neighborhoods cities and so forth you know regions whatever um that things have meanings that other people might think ought to have a different meaning i'll give you an example one there was once when when you had been bugging me and i had kept promising to bring um a certain cd over um when i came tv and i forgot it yet again yeah, CD. You know, you you remember those CDs, those those little discs that you used to have to, you know, with oh, music on them. CD. That, I thought you said CD. I thought you said Tango Victor instead of Charlie Delta. Oh, okay. Delta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Char- Charlie Delta. Um, yeah. So a CD, uh, a compact disc. Okay. Um, and uh, and for those of you who who have never experienced a compact disc, you know, once upon a time there were all the rage. <laughs> they replaced cassette tapes. <laughs> Yeah. Go look that which up on Google if you don't know what that vinyl is. vinyl albums, which replaced <laughs> right. eight tracks, which replaced reel-to-reel. Right. Right. Oh, oh, vinyl albums. By the way, okay, not quite a beer of the week, but it's what I'm drinking right now. It's a beer that I got in Michigan called Liquid Vinyl. It's a Russian Imperial Stout by Arbor Brewing Company. Anyway, um, you had been after me to bring this CD, and I kept saying, yeah, I'm going to bring it, I'm going to bring it, and I forgot it yet again. And you were like, Danny, you jerk. Just like that, you know. Yeah. Well, my wife, like, on my behalf, took great offense at that. Did she? And she was, like, completely befuddled that I didn't. Yeah. And she actually came back to a minute and said later, oh, yeah, yeah, I just didn't realize how you guys were that, you know, it it doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Here's the funny. Okay. In this instance, probably just your wife not being used to the way we talk to each other is mm-hmm. what confused her on it. But yeah. um, I was, uh, let's see, I got to do this carefully. Um, I was with uh, another one of our relatives, and we were both addressing uh, our boss because we sometimes mm-hmm. work together. Okay. And he said something to me that um, it to me it was just something. It was we were talking, and it was it wasn't even a, a personal subject. It was an argument or slash debate over something uh, that just was completely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And a week or two later, she approached me and said, "I would have never let him talk to me. I cannot believe you didn't sock him." I'm like, what? Wow. I could not remember. She might not have said sock, but she was yeah, but, surprised but, that I let someone talk to me like it, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what she was talking about. And then we recounted the conversation and I thought, why would anyone be offended by that? Mm-hmm. It surprised me. Did, and this did is, she ever get you to realize why she thought you should be offended by it? No. Or, or are you still befuddled? I'm befuddled why she would be offended if someone talked to her that way. Because okay. I would talk to people that way, and people mm-hmm. talk to me that way, and to me it's just a way of it's talking. It's just nothing to be offended over. It is what yeah. it is. Right. But right. this is someone who knows me and knows how hard it is to offend me, and still she thought that I should be offended. Wow. 
Okay. Yeah. I, I guess some people it's, it's like, I don't know that all about, I don't know, context or something. Right. Well, the question is how, what do you, what do you do about it? If you're one of those people who are constantly angry, uh, first of all, is it, could a person like that ever realize that they are too easily offended? Yeah. Is is it ever and, possible for them to, you know, but I, I was, yeah. So did you just have a, a, a gradual personality change or, or was there kind of like a, an aha moment? I, it was gradual, but it was aha. And I one day realized that, uh, that nobody sees an event the same. Right. And right. we have a conversation. Uh, no one's going to see it exactly the way I saw it. And so if, if they're not upset about it, there's no reason I should be upset about it. Hmm. You know, I was in Barnes and Noble once and I happened upon, I, I don't remember even exactly the title of this book. It was about, you know, I don't know whether it was about learning to live more stress free or tension free or whatever, but, but it's something that caught my eye. Um, in regards to somebody else, maybe it was one of my kids or something. I don't know, but, um, I, I happened to notice the book and I picked it up and started leafing through it. And the, the guy who wrote the book, I, I had to go look it up sometime, but, um, there, there was a chapter that was kind of interesting and he had a formula for dealing with, um, people who not just offend you, but, but even just like dealing with injustice and stuff like that. Yeah. And the, the formula, it was really a formula for, you could almost call it like empathy is like at the, the center of it if you break it down. But what it, what it was, was, you know, you start with, um, people should not do whatever. Okay. As your way of but, thinking about things or. Well, whatever. I mean, assume it's, okay. assume it's the truth, but okay. in this, situ- you know, but in this situation, this person should do this because, and then you come up with the because. Now, the thing is, you're not giving it moral justification for doing that. What you're doing is giving it human explanation. So, for example, um, I don't know, people should not punch people in the nose. But in okay. this situation, this guy should punch me in the nose because he felt like I heavily insulted his mother or something like that. You know what I mean? It's it you 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 fill out the formula. Right. And it could be that the, uh, the basis for the action is wrong. It could be that you have to do a multiple thing. He, I, he felt like I heavily insulted his mother and he believes that punching someone in the nose is the right response to that. Well, maybe I think he's wrong on both counts. Maybe he is wrong on both counts, but at least it provides a basis for me saying, okay, given everything in his life, this is the expected response and and maybe it it would be even better to say you you don't do the formula you know but he should do this in this situation because rather you use the formula but i should expect him to do this in this situation because and then you okay give the reasons um it's just kind of something you said kind of triggered that memory of this 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 book that i was reading but anyway it's it's but it it is often about context and and i think that comes it brings in a little bit of 
of truth to what Jason was saying, that people who really get offended often do so out of some degree of ignorance. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you say, you know, I know eventually we're going to go there, so let's go ahead and bring it up. You know, let's look at the, the, uh, what I tend to call the liberal, um, I'm going to get uh, coffee addiction. while you talk. Go ahead. What I tend to call the liberal addiction to being offended. And it's almost as if you say that a particular action is wrong, is immoral, is, you know, not the right way to run a society, whatever it is, you know, whether you're talking about something systematic like, like socialism yeah. or something specific like homosexuality. You say it's wrong, and the liberal response to that often is to take offense on the basis that you're personally targeting them for some kind of moral judgment because of the fact that either they're doing whatever it is you're saying is wrong or that they disagree with you about what you're saying or whatever. Um, and I think that this, you know, the, the, this book would be a good thing for them to practice that, okay, they, even if they assume they're right, they ought to at least be able to see why you think you're right. You know, yeah. uh, you know, he should say that homosexual sexuality is wrong because he's a Christian and he believes in the Bible and the Bible says it's wrong. And, you know, so that's got to be in order to be a integrated human being, in order to be a whole person that that is not at interior war with himself. He has to believe this is wrong, you know, that they should be able to see that often they don't. And I guess it's it it. It's still a struggle with me to not f feel, and I still often do feel, that there's kind of a addiction to being offended that's going on with a lot of people in, in society today. Yeah. The funny thing is, is that it's, it's not even that, it's not only that this person can't uh, say it's wrong to be a homosexual, there's the, the modern liberal seems to think that uh everyone should agree with them that mm -hmm. that yeah. it's offensive if you don't agree with them if on you don't agree subject. with them exactly that that's the point it's 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 like they're looking for a reason to be offended and so you know the one thing you can guarantee is that there's going to be people in the world that disagree with you about any given position you hold and right. so in order to, to serve their need to be offended, they simply accept it. They, they treat it as though every person who disagrees with them is targeting them for judgment. Yeah. Is, you know, as if there's some know, kind of attack. Yeah. Is attacking them. Right. Exactly. I think now I don't know whether that phenomenon has anything to do with the more person-to-person, -person, easily taking offense kind of thing we've been talking about so far. That's that's what I'm struggling with. Is is there a connection there, or are we talking about two completely different things? I kind of don't think there is a connection. I, I think it is. A, I think those are two different things because I, I know plenty of people on a, on a political subject are fine with people disagreeing with them. Mm-hmm. And... Even purposely but they still get avoid offended easily. the subject, yeah, because they don't want to fight. Mm -hmm. But, uh, well, things like you said, if you say ignore them or belittle them or, uh, I don't know, insult their cooking, it 
it becomes a, uh, a huge deal. Um, mm-hmm. and I've, uh, I don't know. I, again, I, I remember being angry at some of the, some of the stupidest things to the point where I'm like, I, I can't understand why I was angry about that. <laughs> and then I kind of went through the change that I talked about. And then later, uh, to give you an example, uh, the kids, uh, were in the backyard <clears throat> playing and, I guess there were some other kids that they were kind of fighting with, throwing words back and forth. Mm-hmm. And um, I went back there hoping to make peace. And at the same time, uh, my friend was with me. We went back there to make peace. At the same time, their father came out to do, I don't know what. The same thing. For, oh, okay. I would yeah, assume. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. One would so, hope. <laughs> we're talking and and it's kind of like well maybe those kids want to come over here and play with our kids and then it's one big group of friends instead of two uh mm-hmm. groups warring with each other and you know we talked and we talked and the the guy kept going back to if i see this happen then i can't remember how he put it but it wasn't until later I realized he was threatening my kids with physical violence. Oh. It just it didn't occur to me that's what he was saying until uh well at the time it didn't occur to me that's what he was saying. I'm still yeah. of the mindset, yeah. let's get them all together, everybody play, everybody's nice and there's no fight. It's like you're so, on such a different plane than than this this Right. kind of aggressive so, it didn't even occur to you. Right. So we go in uh, to say the rosary because it's rosary night. And the whole time I'm saying the rosary, I'm thinking, what the hell was that guy talking about? Is he threatening me? <laughs> and I'm getting angrier and angrier. This yeah. is one of the last yeah. times I've been offended. One of the last. Uh-huh. And uh, finally, we get done with the rosary. We get the pizza on order because we're going to have pizza. And I go outside and my friend's standing there, the friend that was with me. Mm-hmm. And he's in his... Uh, He's in his kind of like pajama setup, and he's just kind of standing there on his back porch. And I went over, and I was about to start talking. He said, "You know, I think that guy was threatening us." <laughs> he said, "You know, I've, I'm in the shower." <laughs> it took both of you that long to up. realize. <laughs> and this guy, I'm starting to think, what the hell was he saying to us? I had to go out there and punch him in the nose. <laughs> but it, it just, it didn't occur to me that's what was happening. And mm-hmm. those kinds of things happen often now to where people have to point oh. out to me, hey, that guy was that guy was either threatening you or that guy was doing something against you. You don't seem to realize that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, it, And I, I don't know which is better. <laughs> well, I think if, if you're somebody with an impulsive nature, it's probably better that you don't realize it immediately. Um, because then you will have had at least a little bit of time to reflect before you would act. Um, at the same time, you know, there's, there's obviously, you know, like if, in this if case, he's like chasing, if he's chasing one of your kids with a baseball bat, doggone it, there's the dog. If he's yeah. chasing one of your kids with a baseball bat, it, it's well, pretty obvious it's time to yeah. step in and do something. But but when it's still just words and it hasn't come to anything yet, and it, it, if you're impulsive, it's probably good that you don't quite realize 
the gist of it until you've had a little bit of time to reflect. Well, that's the other thing. The other more recent time that I've been offended was exactly that. Someone was doing something against one of my kids. And it wasn't really until the next day that I realized how serious it was and mm-hmm. that maybe I should have gone ahead and uh, kicked Inter- this guy's ass. Somehow, yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't... I guess that those two times in the past 10 years compared to maybe once a day being offended and saying things that cause you to do things like lose your job or, you know, mm-hmm. go to jail. <laughs> I guess it's better that I'm a little slow to on the Get offense. Get sent to bed. Because <laughs> this started when you were young. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but there's so many people out there who who make life-changing decisions based on oh. um, anger that... Yeah, yeah. That it's like, wow, you... Not just doing things that... Doing something uh, extreme at the moment, but people who decide, I'm going to be angry about this and I'm not going to leave that anger until I don't know when. Mm-hmm. And who yeah, say, this- cut off relationships entirely. That, yeah, the, the kind of hold, that hopefully had, holding a grudge. Yeah, it, it and I I see that a lot in other people, and I well, uh, it seems like I see it more and more with um, younger generation. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's it's kind of sad and kind of a shame. But you know, I mean, I don't know. You know, you say younger generations, but but uh, there were incidents with the generation above ours of people going for long periods of time not talking to each other because of something somebody said that offended them yeah you're right now that i think of it uh mom would talk about like her brothers and sisters going into a a 10-year battle where they don't talk to each other and it's like and it's always something over something really stupid yeah, yeah. Her point always being that, you know, life is too short to, to be so offended that you won't talk to your brothers and sisters. Um, it's, but, um, I guess we could at least consider ourselves lucky because we, uh, we grew up in a household where people forgave each other pretty quickly when there were, uh, you know, words thrown back and forth. Yeah. Or well, even you fists. Know, fists, whatever. And, and, you know, it, it, we forgave when we were kids because we were told that if we didn't forgive, we'd have to actually kiss. And that was gross. Nobody wanted to do that. So we forgave each other. (laughs) (laughs) I, so I guess what I was hoping would come out of this is what do you do with someone who is offended? And I really never figured out an answer when someone's, when, when someone's angry at you, um, I mean, there's different approaches you can take. You can say, I'm sorry for having done that and maybe explain why you did it and why it shouldn't have offended them. But there are sometimes when... sounds like, oh, so now you're going to tell me how I should feel. Right. Yeah. And it seems like most of the time when you do that, that's how it, that's how the person takes it. Yeah. And, And And then what you're really trying to say is, I understand why you got offended but what you thought I meant isn't what I meant. Yeah. Uh, but but it doesn't, for some reason, it's never received that way. 
when somebody is just one of those people who's prone to be offended about stuff. Right. And then, I mean, there are some times when it's like, uh, I don't see why you're offended by this, but I can't change... I can't change what happened, and I wouldn't change it if I could, because this is how I meant it. And I'm yeah. sorry that offends you, but this is how it is, and it's always going to be that way. Yeah, And we're never going to see eye to eye on this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people have a hard time with that, too. It's like, it's it's weird, because for some reason they're offended. Maybe they don't even know why they're offended at whatever it is you said or did or whatever. But then you come up with something like that and what you're, you know, it's like, okay, what you're basically saying is, hey, I said something that offended you. I'm sorry that you reacted so badly to what I said. Yeah. Or, you know, it, it, it's like there's some people with whom there just is no winning them back over. You know, there's, you just got to let time kind of dissolve the offense if, if there's, you know, if it's somebody yeah. that you have, you know, a friendship with or something that, that that you want to maintain. Of course, if it's somebody that's just kind of a acquaintance that you don't really have to interact with, you don't maybe care as much, but right. But, but yeah, still, I, I, you don't like I don't think there's bridges. a magic formula for that. Well, exactly. Exactly. So I, I don't think uh, there's a magic formula. you know, the best you can say is like, Hey, I'm sorry that I offended you. Uh, you know, I'll try not to and leave it at that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes the more you try to talk it out, the worse it's going to get. The worse it because gets, yeah. <laughs> this person wants you to feel like you've done something wrong, maybe, or they want you to see things the way they see them, and sometimes it's just not possible. It's like mm-hmm. I, we're looking at this whole thing in two different ways, and it, it's almost like we're from two different universes. Yeah, and we just now we you can't know, see it the same way. I think sometimes. See, cause, cause from, I, I, I had a really hard time sort of realizing this about other people because for me, um, it, it's like one of those, like, you don't notice your own faults in other people. I will, like, keep arguing at a point to show that I'm right about this, whatever it is I said, did, whatever. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, you, uh, you remember, um, the guy, I forget his name, up, up at the Knights of Columbus Hall um, that I used to Hyab? clean. Yeah, Hyab, Mr. Hyab. Yeah. Um, you know, well, so he was my boss. Yeah, well, you know, he was... I need drink some red pop. I was, you He'd know... He'd always try to sell that he red said pop. something, and, I, and after, like, several backs and forths, he just said, I never met somebody that was... Let's see, how did he say it? I never met somebody that worked so hard to show a way that they was right. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. That's one of those things that actually stuck with me. Yeah. But the thing is this. Once I realized, yeah, doggone it, I really do that. It also kind of opened my eyes to there may be times when I've offended somebody. And then one or two steps into the back and forth trying to explain it. The issue is no longer what I said or didn't say or what I meant or didn't mean, the issue is maybe that they're just plain embarrassed and they're trying to find a way to save face. And I've just got to kind of back out of the argument, let them do that, and let some time pass. That's true. Um, I, I wish there was an easier answer. But I, I think a lot of times 
your best, your only option is to uh, pray for the person. Yep. And yep, maybe pray for the relationship, but yeah. pray for the person and and don't make it a prayer that uh, God, oh God help this help person. them see how they're how wrong they are. You know? Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, there was a time when that's how I prayed, and uh, yeah, it's if just it's not... somebody that you care about that that there's a friendship or some kind of relationship, pray that that you're the person that that they need you to be. Pray pray that you be yeah. you know god's instrument for whatever it is they need yeah so here we've got a a case where uh let's let's move into the current events okay so social we've got offense george like, floyd like cultural uh phenomenon offense that we touched on a little bit earlier right there's a there's a guy pulled over uh they're gonna apprehend him eventually they get him over to a car where we can't see and right. somehow the guy ends up on the ground. There's a cop with his knee on the guy's neck. This is like the first video that came out that, that caused the big stir and sensation. Right. This cop's kneeling there with his knee on his neck. The guy's groaning and everything. It's pretty clear that the guy is handcuffed. Yeah. In this, even though you can't see his hands, the, the sort of lay of his shoulders and that kind of stuff, it's pretty clear that he's handcuffed. There's another cop just kind of casually standing around. And the, these cops, they're not like, they're not like angry beating him kind of thing. They're just, they're right. like calm. They're just, you know, he's kneeling on his neck. And the guy's, oh, my neck, let me up. I can't breathe. My stomach hurts. You know, that kind of stuff. And there's people there saying, hey, the guy can't Dude, breathe. You're going to kill him. Even after he stopped moving. They're like, and in fact, they're like, what, what, did he just kill him? He isn't moving anymore. You know, stuff like that right. going on. And these cops are just standing around, just so calm. And you're thinking, okay, what is really going on here? What I, I, are they waiting for a specific thing? What's really weird is that a few of the, like a few times, it sounded like the cop was telling the guy, "Get up and get in the car." Even That's while he's what I on. thought I heard. The, you, and you, I remember the guy kept saying, "I couldn't tell if it was the cop or a bystander." Saying, and get up! Get I in heard the, car. the guy yeah. say, "I can't get up." Yeah. They're on top of me or something like that. I can't get up. So maybe it was a bystander saying that. I don't know at this point. Yeah. And it's, I think it, it was probably weird. body cams the are guy, the only way we'll find out. Which I think they've finally released, haven't they? They've released some body cams, not all of them. Okay. I think. I don't so, I stopped looking. After I saw the first video, um unless there's another body cam video or something where we hear the cop call him the n-word or something i didn't see any racial component to this yeah now let's you know people who don't know us you and i both have been kind of equally finding ourselves on on sort of back and forth but not not i mean i think as the situation deserves it between hey you idiots let the cops do their job and Hey, you idiot cops, why are you so incompetent at your job? And look at you bastard cops, how yeah. abusive you are with your power. I mean, right. we have not been afraid to, to call out any of those situations. Yeah, and it gets it gets harder and harder because when there are things like riots, suddenly we realize the need for someone to have authority to restore social order. Right. 
Right. On on the other hand, um, I have many experiences with cops where it's like this you're guy being, is you're either a petty. You're a petty tyrant. Yeah. Yeah. Either incompetent or or just a bad person. Yeah. Now, see, and, the reason I bring up incompetence is because to me, it totally looked like these cops were just like stupid dunderheads acting out of complete incompetence. That's kind of the feeling I got. The even maybe possibly lack of training. Yeah. Like maybe I don't think you're supposed to put your knee on a guy's neck and especially keep be, it there after he's not struggling anymore. Well, and see that's the thing. I mean that for example would be a maneuver that I would expect to subdue a guy who is both unrestrained and uncooperative until you can get cuffs on him. But the guy already right. had cuffs on him. Yeah, and, I, I think when he got to the car, he had already had cuffs. They put the cuffs on him uh, like five minutes before that. I think they showed the cuffs going on him. He was he was against that wall. You're, did you see the one from the, the yeah. um, security, security camera? camera. So it said camera two or whatever. And it was annoying because the YouTube, the all the actions taking place in the upper uh, right corner, and YouTube kept posting like things up there to click on to to go to related stuff. Yeah. So I kept yeah. obscuring what was going on, but it looked like he had the cuffs on him as he he brought him over, put him against the wall, and then later stood him up, put the cuffs on him, and then walked him across the street and and down to where I presume another cop car was waiting. Now, right. did you see the one that was like from the other side of the cop car where there was something going on inside the car before they had him on the ground? No, I didn't see that one. Okay. I'm going to, I think I should, if I can find this, there's one that, that events leading up, uh, I don't have it right here. Well, I'll have to send it to you and you can maybe put it on, on our site okay. or whatever, but the, it was shown, you don't actually ever see him. So this is one of those things where, okay, do you really trust that this is what this is? But it looks like the same cops and it shows them like with the doors open in the back seat, like reaching in and trying to do something. And there's clearly some kind of struggle going on in the back seat of that cop car. And the, yeah. the claim is that these are before he was thrown on the ground and, and, and the cops started kneeling on his neck. And from that, um, it kind of led me to speculate, uh, maybe the speculate is maybe too weak a word, but the impression that I developed is mm -hmm. that they were trying to arrest him. They went to put him in the car and he started throwing a fit and struggling and, and laying down and kicking and, and such that they couldn't even get the car door shut. And so they decided, well, we're going to teach you a lesson. They pulled him out they threw him on the ground and started kneeling on him. The problem and, you know, again, kneeling on his neck was completely inappropriate. Uh, but the other problem is, and this is where I think the incompetence comes in, kneeling on him until what? What we do know, what I think we can judge, is that it was inappropriate and stupid for the cops to subdue him in quite that way, given that he was already in cuffs. I mean, yeah. you know, there are things that... I'm sure that one of those cars had some zip ties. They could have hogtied him or something, you know? Yeah. Let him struggle, whatever, but they didn't have I to do that. I would assume that there's some kind of procedure 
for mm-hmm. a guy who's maybe throwing a fit and won't calm down and won't won't stay get into the back still. of the car or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I would assume could, there's something they can do for that. Right. They so, did have uh tasers, didn't they? Why didn't they use those? Well, tasers might not work. I I'll, I'll tell you I I went with um a couple of my sons on a a Cub Scout um tour of the Johnson County um sheriff's, you know, yeah. detention area and stuff. And the guy who was there, who's, you know, he's really good about talking to the boys and stuff. And he said that um, the thing about tasers, and this is why I think it may not work if somebody's jacked up on drugs, but tasers do not incapacitate someone. It is a device to compel someone to obey. And the way it okay. works is that when you get tased, and, and these guys, the sheriffs and deputies that work for them, they all had to be tased. Yeah. And he, and so he was able to describe it from personal experience. He said, when you get tased, your whole body, it's, it's not painful, but it's extremely unpleasant. Your whole body lets go. Usually you, you pee yourself and you may even, you know, do the other thing. Um, yeah. and you're just, it's like everything is like taken from you in terms of control. And the tasers themselves are designed so that once you trigger it, you can't, you can't untrigger it. It goes for five seconds and then restarts. And during that five seconds, it's, it's, it's not pain, but it's a different kind of agony. But then right. once the, once it ends, there's zero residue to the effect. It's like you, you're not feeling oh, like, it's not like okay. when you get whacked and you feel pain afterwards and you're, or anything like you're that. You're still dazed. You're, as soon as it ends, you're like, oh, okay, now I'm back. And the, okay. I think the reason that they f- insist that they get tased is so that they realize that this is not going to knock a person out. It's not going to incapacitate them. But what it's going to do is convince them seconds. that maybe they should do what you said so that they don't have to go through that again. It's, it's designed to com- to persuade compliance. That's what tasers yeah. are for. Now, if you take someone who's jacked up on drugs, you don't know it's necessarily going to have that effect. Right. So I, that could be a reason they wouldn't use the tasers. The problem is this has sparked um, protests, which I, I don't understand why they're protest. Like in Cincinnati, why are people protesting in Cincinnati? What are they protesting? What do they well, want? Here's the thing. it's It's sparked. Yeah, I'm not sure what they want because... The guy was arrested already. Um, right. It, you know, what do, do they, are they protesting saying he shouldn't get the benefit of a trial? We need to have a lynch mob to go and grab him and string him up. Is that what the protests are asking for? I don't know. But here's the thing. And if the they thing. did that, would that solve the protesting yeah, would, problem? Would they, would they stop? Would they? Well, here's the thing. There's the protests and then there's the looting and riots. Yeah. Do you, you guys get that in Cincinnati now? I mean, it's horrible in Indy. Yeah. There was uh, some of that. It's still uh, going on in Indianapolis. Well, they last night we heard that they were gathering in Western Hills Plaza. Okay. I don't know if the cops got a handle on things or not. I I didn't. I mean, that's pretty close. Yeah, I got my Western gun Western Hills out. Plaza. Yeah, I, that's I mean, like that's, three or four blocks. Yeah, that's that's walking distance. So I don't I don't None understand why there, there aren't there. more dead protesters. Well, and that's where I, you know, that's, that's something that I want to get, get to because this is one of those things where, and, and you know, I, that's why I was careful to, uh, point this out at the, um, 
at the beginning that the you know that you and I both are very ready to call out cops on being um bullies on being you know abusive and on just being plain incompetent and i think this is a case of at least some of those um but that doesn't the thing is that people first of all they they make it into a racial thing and you you notice even the bystanders there from the recording they were turning it racial already even though nothing had happened to indicate that it was racial it's like they were making it racial the cops weren't they were and then, so now there's all this looting going on and people are making that racial too. And, and, and there's some things that I want to say about that. One of which is that's not about race. These, these lootings and riots. There's that this isn't a racial thing. This is just right. plain animal behavior. These are people who, you know, for whatever reason have a, inclination to just go wild and act like animals and tear things up and this whole george floyd thing it's not a reason it's an excuse for them to just give in to this animal impulse they have it's it's not about race it's about behavior they're behaving like animals and any other attempt to paint it any other way is just lipstick on a pig i mean it this is just animal behavior um, it's, it's just wanton destruction and violence. It, it's not targeted. It's, it's not for a reason. It's not designed to accomplish anything. It's not designed at all. They're just giving in to destructive impulses. Here's the problem. Um, I, I kind of compare it to the COVID-19 thing where you've got politicians and leaders whose job it is to, uh, deal with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And as in the COVID-19, they're so scared someone might ridicule them for doing the wrong thing. That they, they do sh- the wrong thing. They do terrible things. <laughs> yeah, they shut down the whole nation. And in this case, they're not moving against the protesters to a point where they can stop the riots. Yeah, yeah. Because they're scared of being called racist. At some and point, we got to quit being scared. And, and just do what we need to do to get stuff done. protect property. Now, here's that kind of brings up the second point. You know, they're scared to be called racists for stopping the protesters. And oh, that's fine. Yep, that's fine. I'm going to keep talking. Okay. So I said at the beginning, this is not about race. This is about just people acting like animals. But if you want to try to make it about race, if you want to somehow assert some kind of identity between these looters and rioters and non-whites, then I'm going to tell you where that conversation goes. That conversation goes this way. Oh, okay. Non-whites cannot help acting like animals. That's why whites have to be in charge. That's where that conversation goes if you want to make this about race. I don't want to make it about race. I don't think it's about race. I think it's about young, angry people just wanting to act like animals, and this is an excuse to do it, and it has nothing to do with race, and it has nothing to do with racial inequality. It has nothing to do with with racism within police departments or anything like that. It that That's all just an excuse so that they can feel like they've got some kind of justification. What it's about is them wanting to act like animals. But if you want to make it about race, then you are making a case that is, you know, for something that I don't think you want to go there. 
in a conversation. So that's the second thing that I would want to say about this. Now, the third thing that I'd want to say is that, you know, this is a podcast about Catholic things. And so I think it's worth... All right, I'm back. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'm starting to the third thing that I was kind of, kind of say about these rioters. Uh, this is a podcast about Catholic things. And so it might be worth a little bit talking about, um, from a Catholic perspective, what kind of response we might be able to have to these rioters and looters in terms of their destruction of people's property, their places of business. Um, I mean, there was a, um, a fireman, a black fireman, as it turns out, who had just spent his life savings on a bar that he was going to open up. He couldn't open it up quite on schedule because of the COVID thing. He was yeah. going to open up in June. It's gone now. Destroyed. His life savings because of these riots. You so, know, that's, that's the thing. You know, in, uh, obviously we've always had, a, I, the, uh, death penalty was used a whole lot more in the beginning days of America. Mm-hmm. But there was a time when, um, if you stole someone's horse, for example, yeah, that was horse, punishable by death. Horse because theft was a, we, yeah, that was somebody's and it's livelihood. Because, yeah, that was a person's livelihood. That's how they use, most people made money by use of a horse somehow, whether it's going to, another part of the town or going to your fields, plowing Mm -hmm. your fields, whatever you needed that horse in order to live. And if someone took that horse, you just took their livelihood. Now, Um, you know, taking that idea, there's a couple more points that, you know, our country particularly is established as a, what I'm going to call a militia nation. And that, what that means is that the, you know, because with, within the, the, in the context of when the country was kind of founded and put together, the militia meant all of the men who were normal citizens. It, it wasn't a, a military yeah. body. It was the, it was the pool of men who could be drawn into a military body, but the militia was the ordinary citizens. And our country was founded on the idea that the militia the, the ordinary citizens are the primary defense for our country. Now, in terms of like things like foreign invaders and that kind of stuff, of course, but also in terms of, you know, maintaining, you know, the local police. That's why sheriffs have always been able to deputize men and form posses, you know, as needed yeah. for situations and protecting our individual homes. Now, we think about this from a Catholic perspective, and I know that where a lot of people's minds want to go is, you know, things like just war theory. And they'll go into, you know, about, oh, yeah, just war and, and you know, you got to meet these criteria and that kind of stuff. Just war theory only applies to when, like, you're, like, as a nation, if you're going to wage war on another nation. It yeah. doesn't apply to defense. Defense is a wholly different thing. And the concept of defense unlike war, is not something from a Catholic perspective that rests on the authority of the state. Right. For, in, in fact, Innocent IV, uh, a pope uh, in the uh, 13th century, <clears throat> had this to say, it is permissible for anyone to wage war in self-defense or 
to protect property, nor is this properly called war, but rather defense. That's the Catholic position on this, and that's the Catholic position on these rioters. From a Catholic position, and, and, you know, from, from a full position, you'd have to consider, you know, various jurisprudential aspects and, and, and kind of yeah. formulate what would be, you'd have to consider various outcomes and, and possibilities and stuff. But, but from a Catholic perspective, it would not be unfitting for the citizens of these cities where their shops are just being destroyed and torn apart to post themselves on the rooftops with rifles and prevent yeah, this from yeah. happening. Again, I, I, you know, the law has a, its own thing to say about this. Okay. I'm not talking about the law and I'm not urging people to go do this, but if we want to get down to it and look at this from a Catholic perspective, this would not be an unfitting thing for people to do. Especially considering the fact that these riots aren't all, aren't just about the destruction of property. Uh, they attack people and beat people. Yeah. And sometimes kill people. Yeah. That's got, I mean, that's, we've got the one report, um, I, I don't know what city was, was in, but somebody like threw a Molotov cocktail into a car, a guy's car. The yeah. guy got out with some minor injuries, but he d- might not have. That's, that's a, uh, I mean, that's, that's, uh, they're trying to kill him. Yeah. That's, that's murder. That's exactly. Or, that's, you know, that this, these riots, if they are not put down, the riots themselves, because those who are participating in them are not acting in any kind of rational way. They're not, they're not, you know, thinking and then figuring out a way to do something and then acting like they're just giving themselves over to animal impulses. Right. If the riots are not put down, the riots themselves stand in threat of human life. And even just the defense of property, as we've seen from that quote from Pope Innocent IV, is sufficient justification to engage in warlike behavior. Or what he says, if it's in the defense of uh, your property, it's not even considered war. It's just defense. Yeah. I mean, everyone has that right. I've got... A wife and kids, and next door to me, I got my older parents, mm-hmm. and on the other side of me, there's an old lady. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you got to protect things. So I, I was ready to protect if, if they, if anything came my way, probably someone yeah. would have gotten shot, and then right, I yeah. would go to jail, I guess. You, you might um, go to jail. That's, but you know, but, but you might have gone to jail is, saving someone's life. These things are happening in cities that are, uh, Ruled by Democrats mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they and, can get away with it. Okay, the the mayor in Minneapolis came out with a statement, I think on Friday, that it, it was just so irresponsible. That he started talking about the fact that he didn't talk about the cop who did something mm-hmm. wrong. He didn't even talk much about the event itself. He talked about the fact that African Americans have had to endure 400 years of uh, oppression. Which had nothing to and do it, with the incident. I, 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 yeah. And which has it nothing was, to do with the riots. Right. It just seems like something... I, it. Yeah, he's feeding them their excuses. They're not looking for reasons. They're looking for excuses, and he's feeding them excuses. If these... If the inner city uh, 
black man wants to escape this kind of irresponsible police action, then the first thing he has to do is quit electing Democrats. That's true. Because Democrats give way too much power to the police force. As long as the police are enforcing their laws. Mm -hmm. For example, in in Minneapolis, uh, I think you weren't allowed to work a short time ago. Isn't that right? Didn't somebody get arrested for going to work? Oh, under I know in Cincinnati, people are getting arrested for going to work. Or for if you eat without sitting down, if you eat while standing up, you can be arrested. Wait, seriously? Like if you're walking down the street eating a hot dog? No, if you go to a restaurant, you have to be seated in order to eat. You can't eat standing up. That way they maintain the six feet of distance and... Oh, you have to be in your seat when you're eating. Just dumb laws. Yeah, just stupid stuff. And we've given policemen the power to arrest people for doing these things. For, for, yeah, just absolutely stupid. That is the problem. They're not even laws. They're just orders by mayors. Yeah, there's no laws. It's not a law. It's just an order by a mayor. And now policemen are, are, are empowered with, with enforcing that. The police and the politicians should be subject to the laws, not to their demands. And, yeah. you know, it's the whole estate is sad where it's it's impossible to pick a side in this because yeah, you see wrong on both sides. That's the thing. It's like I can't pick a side between the rioters and the cops who, who killed George Floyd. You know, it's like you both should be ashamed of yourselves. We can't bring George Floyd back to life, but we do have a responsibility to stop the riots. Yeah. That's not picking sides with the cops. That's picking sides with with common citizens and business owners. Yeah. Here's You know, the thing is, we we still go back to the fact that there are so many uh, incompetent and power-hungry cops out there. And... I don't even know if there's a if there is a way to deal with that. I, but the fact that uh, George Floyd was black, I, I never saw anything to make me believe that this was happening because he was black and the I'm guy was a white think, cop. You know, so think some like like similarly statured. He was a little bit tall, wasn't he? Think, huh? think of some. He was a he was a little bit tall, wasn't he? From the pictures, did, didn't you get the impression uh, that he? Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, looked like both I'm, guys I'm, were pretty big. I'm, I'm think, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, figure some similarly, uh, statured, similar physique, white guy in a, in a wife beater, uh, t-shirt with, with long, you know, greasy hair and, and, uh, you know, scuzzy, you know, face, um, and maybe a couple of tattoos on his arms, um, and, the exact same scenario. You know what? I could see those cops doing exactly the same thing. I don't think yeah. there was a a iota of racial uh, involved. You know, of right intent the, 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 that in the wasn't original a incident. That yeah, exactly. That's. I just don't think that mattered. That's everybody else reading into it because, and this is what I was talking about before. There's these people who are so addicted to being offended that they have to look for ways to be offended. They're like, oh, hey, here's a way I can be offended. The guy's black who's being knelt on by yeah. the cops. 
now I can be offended over the racism. You know, it, it's not enough for me to yeah. be offended at police brutality. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if they wanted to fix the problem, um, and again, it's not, I don't think it's a racial problem. I don't think there are that many racial cops out there. And I, no. I didn't, I don't yeah. know. But I, there are a lot of bad cops out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, look, we've got a cousin who, uh, they, they took him into the Price Hill district over there and, uh, and broke his arm with a, uh, baton. This is after he had been cuffed, after he was, he wasn't subdued because he wouldn't quit mouthing off. But they just took his arm. But it was just his mouth. Broke it. It's not like he was huh? kicking them. It's not like he was kicking them or struggling arrest or anything. He just was mouthing He's off. He's kind of right? a small guy, so I don't know if kicking and stuff would have done would anything have even, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't have, yeah. But, but I do know was, that yeah. when was I already, was uh, around 15 or 16, um, I had kind of a mouth on me and I was in Price Hill and there were two cops passing by and I yelled something to them. Mm-hmm. They pulled over and they flat out told me, if you say one more word, we will take you to the uh, jail and we will break your arm. Wow. And there's and nothing you, see, you can do about it. And then you see our cousin actually got arrested, had and a mouth his arm on him, broken. got his arm broken at the jail. And yeah. probably there was nothing he could do about it. And I'm white, and our cousin is white, and the cops mm-hmm. were white. I don't, yeah. it's, there's nothing racial There's a lot of bad cops out there. Yeah. In fact, that's, it sounds to me like that was kind of like systematic in the Price Hill precinct. Yeah, it is. It's like, um, and it, and uh, at the time, Price Hill was probably about half black, half white. Mm-hmm. Um, here's if you wanted to solve some of these problems, what you could do is make the justice system more accessible to people without money. Yeah. If a cop goes into... It's money. Yeah. Right. If if he goes into, uh, you know, Indian Hills and arrests a guy for no reason or unjustly arrests him or even unjustly, uh, uh, you know, bothers him... He wouldn't dream of it. Right, because he would be sued. Yeah. But a, a poor guy can't do that. If I got arrested for something and the cop broke my face there really isn't much i can do about it Mm -hmm. i mean there are some lawyers who might take cases well okay if we win and and then i'll I'll sue the department and that'll be my fee right Right. but if you got a poor guy who comes into a lawyer and says i got a good case against this cop and you can make a lot of money on this by representing me he's not going to do it because the chances of him winning are really small Right, but if cops were more subject to a legal system that poor people had access to, a lot of these problems would disappear overnight. So I think. So systemically, how do you do that? Because you can't. I don't know. You can't prevent a lawyer from charging a lot of money for his time when he's good at what he does. Right. And you can't disallow people from being willing. You know, people with money from being allowed to pay those lawyers. So I, you know, it's it's one of those, yes, if we could do this, this would fix the problem, but it's a much harder. Well, how do you you accomplish that? I know. Yeah. But no, I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's, I'm not not even suggesting a fix. I'm just saying that it's not, this is the reason that it happens. Yeah. And if, if, if we could change that part of American culture and American life, these kinds of problems probably would disappear. 
Mm-hmm. If cops were afraid of arresting someone who shouldn't be arrested, then... Or afraid of improperly handling someone when they did arrest Right. Them. I yeah. mean, if they, you know, if they had... I mean, obviously, they have to be able to subdue someone. Obviously, they have to be able to arrest people. But, you know, like what we saw in this video, it's like, what the heck? Yeah. They should be afraid. I, I, especially in today's environment where everybody's got a cell phone. That they're being filmed. And yet, he just kind of nonchalantly keeps, you know. Right. He like, he didn't seem to care. He knew he what? was being filmed. Yeah. That can't be the way you're supposed to handle a... Uh, prisoner. So why prisoner. was he still doing it? Yeah, it, it's like what what is going on? It made on no here? sense. That's that's why I keep thinking there's going to be something else that comes out about this because it just doesn't even make sense. Right, because you're sitting there watching the guy go slower and slower until he's not responding at all, and you're yelling at the screen, "Get up off his <laughs> neck! He's going <laughs> to die!" <laughs> it is so bizarre. Yeah, that's no. I I think you're right, exactly and completely. There's there's the solution is to you know the the solution would be if somehow uh, poor people had the same access to you know the justice system that rich people have. Yeah, irrespective know, uh, of color. You know, our our brother-in-law uh, did something that uh, I I don't know how much of this we can talk about. Uh, the That's cop was bags. doing something that he thought was wrong, mm-hmm. and he went to him and told the cop, I don't want you doing this. I think you're doing this against my will. Mm-hmm. That's all he said. Yeah. He didn't argue with the cop or anything. The cop arrested him. Mm-hmm. Then oh, our brother gets involved. That. Yeah. Okay. Our brother gets involved and mouths off to him because he's like, I can't believe you just arrested this guy. He didn't do anything. And so they arrested him. Okay. Now they drive them both downtown to Cincinnati, the, the Hamilton County Justice Center. Outside of our, you know, we live in Cheviot. This is a tiny oh, little city next right. to Cincinnati. Outside of Cincinnati, so yeah. Cheviot takes them down to Hamilton County Justice Center. Now, while they're there, the the people at the Justice Center are making jokes about the fact that Cheviot cops will bring people down there all the time. And never follow up for convictions and never do anything afterwards. They just take them down there? They like arrest people. Yeah, and then you process it and you get out and then there's a court date and you go to that court and the cop doesn't show up for the court date so you win. Yeah. (sighs) This is a normal thing apparently. That's how Cheviot handles people is by arresting them and then never following up for convictions. And it's called harassment. That's false arrest. It's false arrest and harassment. But yeah. Yeah. It's, exactly. If these cops were held liable for that, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. They would only arrest someone they If they had to pay fines or get jail to... time for right. harassing people, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. But they know, they could tell by looking at us that we weren't going to follow up like that because Don't we have didn't the have money. the money for that. Yeah. If they thought we could, then they wouldn't have done it. Yeah. I, I don't know. As far as cops behaving badly, I think that that's the only answer I could come up with. Because it does. there is a problem. We can't act like there's not a problem. Right. I don't think it's right. racial, it's, but there no, is a but problem. But there's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. 
But now, yeah, I'm not going to say right. most cops are great cops because I, I don't know if they are. And I'm not going to protect police in general the way a lot of people will because cops put oh, yeah. themselves people, on one yeah, side right. and That's, we're on the other. That's, yeah. You know, if most cops they, uh, were, were, were great cops, they would put pressure on the ones who aren't great cops to fall in line and behave. That too. So I don't buy the most cops are great cops line even when people say it. I think cops are a necessary part of society. I think m- most police forces are, you know, poorly managed in some manner, whether it's because they they, right. they process idiots in, whether because they have people that, that, you know, whether they attract people that are just power hungry or whatever it is. Especially in liberal cities. Yeah, which is the irony <laughs> when you look at, you know, situations like this one. You know, another thing that I hear, because I lately there's been a lot of talk about the fact that um, you have criminal elements in cities and they can't do anything about them because the citizens of those cities will not come to the police or talk to the police. Mm-hmm. And I... One of the problems is that police have set up a situation where they are against the citizens, no matter what, whether it's protecting them from, uh, uh, you know, thieves or keeping people from not wearing seatbelts. They've right. set up a situation where no one wants to deal with a cop. Yeah. Yeah. It's and like it's the cops like, are out to get you one way or the other. The, yeah, you, why, you see why, it as though, why do we have laws about seatbelts? The right. cops should not be able to arrest me for not wearing a seatbelt. They've set, the politicians have set this up and the cops have followed suit. A lot of them do anyway. They, mm-hmm. they give tickets wherever they can. And I don't know. I guess it's like you said, it, it, it's hard. You can't take sides with any of this, but as of right now, this second, we got to stop these riots. They're destroying people's property yeah. and people are getting hurt. Well, We've talked about anger, and we've talked about George Floyd. There are a couple other things. Okay. Um, and I had... Okay, well, this this is related. Donald Trump has announced that he's going to designate Antifa as a terrorist organization. Uh, designating... Well, this is how the uh, NBC News reports it on, on the Wiki News... Uh, designating domestic terrorist groups is not permitted under U.S. law. I don't know exactly what that means. Designating, do- oh, okay. So, so a terrorist organization, uh, to, to be designated as a terrorist organization for like certain federal handling and, and, um, I guess things like wiretapping like and, yeah, all, that like kind of that. stuff. It has to be some foreign organization. Yeah. So the concept, I, so see, I guess the idea is that if that foreign organization, then the country, any country that gives um, quarter to that foreign organization is then subject to additional, you know, restrictions about, yeah. uh, you know, maybe exports and, and, and other business dealings and stuff like that. So, okay. So apparently, according to what you're reading, the, the, the president is not allowed to designate domestic organizations as terrorist organizations even if they are yeah so what so if if you had a true local terrorist organization i mean let let's say something that everybody yeah, would agree the, on the, the shiviet uh uh 
anarchist group or something. Or the yeah. KKK, let's say. Yeah, let's say, or, you know, Shiviet skinheads or something like that. Doesn't the F- I'm sure the FBI has some kind of designation for those. Yeah. You know, another thing is I, I'm not entirely convinced that Antifa is domestic. Oh, that's true. The the fact Don't that they, they operate domestically... Don't they money from people like George Soros? And they might actually have their organizing principles outside of the country. They, may, they might not be a domestic organization at all. The, right. the domestic part is just, you know, where they're trying to, to foment the agitation and stuff. But they are claiming responsibility for all the looting and arson and rioting. Right. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's I, going on now? I don't see a problem with what he's doing. Yeah, okay. That, I don't know. To me, that makes them terrorists. I mean, <laughs> they're terrorizing. Yeah. What else do you call it? Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. I guess we'll see how that goes. I there's, It's not easy to have to deal with these kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. We saw how uh, Obama dealt with it, and it's going to be interesting over the next week to see how Donald Trump deals with it. I, I have more trust in Trump than Obama, but then again, this is a local issue. It's up to Mike DeWine to deal with this, not Donald Trump. Yeah, true. Right. And Mike DeWine can't deal with anything. He's an idiot. He shut down the whole state over a, a flu-like Cold. virus. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. What do you do? I, don't, I guess we'll see what happens. Like I yeah. said, it, it, I'm... I'm sure a lot of people are in the same position as us. And it's like, look, I if they come to my house, I'm just going to start shooting. Yeah. I'm not letting them burn down my house or put a or, firebomb in my car or yeah, anything else. Or, or the neighborhood even. I mean, it's, yeah. If or the neighbors. Yeah. If yeah, I see if them. walking down the street threatening to go in people's houses. Yeah. <laughs> Help protect your neighbors. And yeah. everybody should be doing that. Right. If everybody did that, I think these problems would go away pretty quick. I think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, Huge swarms of desert locusts are destroying crops in India. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Uh, They're calling it the country's worst plague in three decades. Wow. At the same time, China and India are kind of button heads on the Himalayan border. Oh, okay. So there's might be some uh, troop action there. I don't. I don't even know what it's over. I think both of them are claiming um, that it's their territory. Okay, and, so it's a border uh, dispute. They, yeah, they might be fighting over that. So I guess, I guess we'll see what happens. It doesn't really affect us a whole lot, but no, yeah, don't expect uh, it to. Except we have a lot of crap being made in China and in India. <laughs> Which hopefully will change soon anyway. But yeah. speaking of which, um, Mike Pompeo has announced to Congress that Hong Kong is no longer... Uh, autonomous. How do I say that word? Autonomous. Yeah. Right. Autonomous from China. So that's they been going on. They are no longer their own okay. territory. So they are now part of China. That's how we should consider as, them, as our, Yeah, our, our dealings with them, when we're dealing with them, we're dealing with China. Now, you remember way back, uh, I guess this was during Bush's day, when we're, quote, trying to introduce capitalism to China. <laughs> and the, the thought was that 
the Chinese citizenry will get a taste for that economic freedom and it will lead China away from communism. And it it didn't happen. No. That was a stupid idea. Um Hong Kong did have capitalism though. Yeah. And it was a free uh, I don't know it uh, a state, a free state or a nation, mm-hmm. right. but it was it was separated from the Chinese uh communism. Yeah. And, and it thrived. The, right. And the citizens loved it. Mm-hmm. But it's gone now. Yeah. And it, China, I think it incensed rule. it incensed China that right there was was such a shining example of economic freedom that you know for all of their power, China couldn't match under their state controlled right. economy. Yeah, it's a shame that this is the way it's turning out. But um, I just you wish that these millennials would see this kind of thing happening and and get a better understanding of, of communism and socialism and what it does to a nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they don't. The destructive powers. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's a couple things. Like SpaceX. Uh, yeah, SpaceX, SpaceX Starship. Launch. Well, there's a launch and a, an explosion. Wait a minute. There was, uh, I didn't hear prototype. about the explosion. It was a Starship prototype SN4. Okay. Uh, Sierra November 4 is destroyed in a large explosion during the static fire testing at the SpaceX uh, South Texas launch site. Okay. So it, they weren't even launching it. They were testing. They were testing it. They had an explosion. It exploded. Okay. So they've got some designs to work. This is, okay. That's, you and know. Then, but on, in the same week, but that's uh, what testing they is launched. For. Huh? But that's what testing's for. Right. So I, I don't think anyone died. It doesn't right. say anyone died. Okay. But the same week, we launched uh, Crew Dragon Demo 2, mm-hmm. carrying two uh, NASA astronauts, and uh, we're taking them to the space station. Uh, I think this is this is the first, uh, first time since the end of the space shuttle program that we that have sent astronauts. Yeah. To, to the space station. It is also, this, uh, this, uh, folks, to appreciate this, um, you should be thinking Kitty Hawk to appreciate the historical significance of this. This is, huh? What's Kitty, Kitty Hawk? The Wright Who's Brothers. That? Oh, okay. This is the first private space launch, manned private space launch. This is the introduction to private space travel. It's going to happen eventually. This is the moment yeah. when it was kicked off. This is this is like Kitty Hawk is to powered flight. Okay. Yeah. This is a it's, really it's a big deal. Big deal. <laughs> and it, it's been one of those things that, like, since we started talking about space travel, and it, in all of our culture, there was this, uh, there was this idea that someday anyone's going to be able to go into space if you had enough money. Mm-hmm. And that never came about for what the the 70 years that we've been uh traveling to space. Right. And and this is when it might actually start happening to where you could pay for a trip to I don't know, the moon somewhere. Right. Space in general. Um that's that's all I got. 
Okay. By the way, this is one of those, like, this is so stupid. Um, uh, the So NASA has, like, this current goal to put, by 2024, the first woman on the moon. Yeah. Here's why that's, that's silly. It, yeah, here's why that's so silly. Because man or woman doesn't matter. Just putting someone on the moon. Um, yeah. It, it's like the last time a person went to the moon is almost 50 years ago. We shouldn't be worried about man or woman or whatever being on the moon. Right. We should just worry about getting someone there. Yeah. Getting another person there and maybe this time doing something while we're there. Or That's right. Getting beyond the moon. Yeah. Like, I mean, let's start thinking getting, about what we're going to do with the moon. Yeah. Or maybe get to one of these asteroids or mm-hmm. something. <laughs> we've put down uh, we've put down probes on astronauts. or uh, On asteroids? Astro- on asteroids. Put down a probe on an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to think what kind of probe. <laughs> Sorry, folks. <laughs> Um, but it, it just seems like there, there should be some bigger goals, but I don't know. Okay. We haven't been to the moon in 50 years. So yeah, it is going to be a big deal to go back there because I guess a lot of things are the way we did it is going to change. Yeah. Of course. If, if I mean, how many times have we gone to the moon? Oh, you know what? Good question. How many times have we had a person on the right. moon? Well, there it, have been, it hasn't been that many. There have been 12 people who have walked on the moon. I don't know how many missions, you know, because there may be okay. some some missions where there's multiple people. But 12 people have right. walked on the moon. Okay. Yeah. It, it. I think at one point we got to the moon and we said there's no reason to come back here unless unless we can actually do something here that would make life better. But with the, with the commercial injection, uh, probably we will find a way to make money. On going to the moon, right? Hopefully. By the Is way, that, did, did, uh, um, I don't know if we um, talked about this in. Um, I don't know if we talked about this um, on our podcast, but there's this. Um, the. Um, Go ahead. I won't laugh. No. No. So there's this kind of um, idea that that in missionary lands the diocese from which a missionary exploration was launched is the controlling diocese for that land no i never until another never one you know and, so the uh let's see so let's how does this work i think it's like the uh shoot that's not i think it's like maybe the orlando um diocese where whichever diocese the Kennedy Space Center is from where the Apollo 11 mission was launched and was the first mission to land on the moon. So the entire surface of the moon right now is technically under the jurisdiction of, I think, like the Orlando Archdiocese or the Orlando Diocese or something like that. I I don't know if I have the exact one, but it's like that making it... See how well they do with that. Making it the largest diocese in the world right now. Or something yeah, like that. It's big. <laughs> I'm sure that there's some technicality that that's not. It doesn't really work that way. But <laughs> do we have any uh, other nonsense news? We do. 
<laughs> okay, oh, okay, three three things. First of all, this is weird. A Pennsylvania woman. You know, I, every week it seems like I'm reading more about these like macabre things. A uh, Pennsylvania woman uh, allegedly kept her grandma's corse, corpse in a freezer for 15 years while she continued to collect the Social Security checks. Wow. I know. That, she had to... It, it wasn't just keeping her in a freezer. She had to do things. Yeah. To to make it seem like she's still, still alive. Still alive. So she, she had to collect and cash the check. Well, the checks might have been going into, like, directly, direct deposit. And and she just kind of had access to the account and, and would use it and stuff. Maybe had a credit card in her grandma's name or whatever that she'd use to buy stuff online. Who knows? I don't know, but... 15 years that's a long time i mean you know if you find like like beef in your fridge 15 years old you don't eat it i don't think meat is supposed to last 15 years in a freezer yeah uh have you ever read uh any of cormac mccarthy's books uh cormac mccarthy he wrote uh, uh no country for old men no i haven't uh, read any of his books the road Okay, uh, I was no country I think he's for old men. Writer. Was no country for old men as depressing as the movie was? Oh, twice as. Oh gosh. <laughs> same with same with the road. I never. Is there a movie The Road? I've never seen it. Yeah, it's kind of a like a a, a guy and his little kid are walking through post apocalyptic world, and uh, it's so it's what makes such as de- depressing. What makes depressing stories know. attractive? I don't get it. I don't like reading them. You don't? No. I, Not unless there's I, some, like, like some thing that, you know, about the, I don't know, the human spirit or something. Like, like for example, Gattaca. Uh, did you ever see that movie? Yeah. Okay. That, Yeah. in a sense, you could think it had a depressing ending, but, but there was something, you know, redeeming about it. Yeah. Edifying. But... but I didn't find anything edifying about No Country for Old Men. I just didn't like it. Left a bad taste I in my mouth. I didn't find it edifying, but um, I kind of liked the movie, but I really liked the book. Huh. I, I don't know why I like depressing books. I I read them all the time. It's where you pour all that and anger. It, Instead of getting offended, you read depressing books. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll read like the same one three or four times sometimes. Wow. I, I've read No Country for Old Men at least three times. Uh-huh. Uh, Philip K. Dick, that's that's why I like his books. They're Most of them are pretty depressing. Yeah, like, uh, they do kind of have depressing endings. Do Androids Dream, that was a depressing one. But, uh, he, but there was always that, that, he always kind of left that nugget there for you, though. You know, it wasn't completely yeah. depressing. Yeah. Anyway, my reason for bringing him up is he wrote a book called Sutri, and uh, it's about, um, well, it's about something, but in it, there is a guy who's, uh, I think his, his, like, stepfather dies or something, and they, they continue to collect the welfare, so they, they end up not turning, they end up not reporting him dead, and then, you know, that small situation that might have lasted a week or two ends up lasting for more than a year. And it's, oh, okay. suddenly you're in a situation like, what the heck do we do? Why did yeah, we how do can this? You, and yeah, now, how can you get out? Now of you've it? got a body and you, you don't know what to do with it. And so, All right. so this lady did that. Apparently in real life. In real life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Uh, 
this is a little bit uh, lighter. So it turns out that um, penguins' um, feces has a lot of laughing gas in it. Nitrix Nitri- oxide? Nitrous oxide, yeah. Okay. Emitted by penguin uh, fecal matter. Apparently so much the scientists are saying it's actually a significant greenhouse gas. (laughs) (laughs) So we got to kill all the penguins in order to save the, uh, save the planet. The penguins doing it, (laughs) not, not the spray cans. I, so like if you went around sniffing penguin feces, would you get high? Well, if you went around like, uh, if you saved a bunch of it up or something. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you go to a place, um, I've decided if I'm you go to a penguins. place where if, if you go to a place where they congregate the and do their business, I guess, I guess being around there, you can get, get a little bit high. <laughs> anyway, I, I didn't know that comes from their diet of fish and krill, which themselves eat on phytoplankton in the ocean. Uh, I guess the soil bacteria um, convert them into nitrous oxide. So I guess it's kind of like the it, em, it emit the the poo emits the nitrous oxide as it decays is how it works. Yeah, I've always wanted a pet penguin. Well, I don't know why. Now you have that an and a seal. I wanted a seal. Yeah. What if you What if you tried to steal a penguin from the zoo? Because they have them in some parts of the zoo. They have them close to where people can get to. Mm-hmm. I wonder what. I wonder how hard that would be to steal an animal from the zoo. Yeah, because how else would you get a penguin? I don't I know if anyone sells. There may be some exotic who sell you know, exotic animals. Yeah, well, yeah, but I've never heard of them selling a penguin. It could be that that like it's illegal to own a penguin without a license or something like that. Some some animals are like that. Yeah, no, they're not endangered or anything. I don't think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Third one. This is the end. All right, I'm going to put out a warning here. Parents, if you're listening to this in the car um, and your kids are underage, maybe wait and listen to it later. Skip it. This is, yeah. So, yeah, skip skip to the next show. Um, so, the football club in Seoul, um, <coughs> Korea, in South Korea, it, because of the coronavirus, you know, they, they wanted to play football, I guess, but they couldn't have the crowds and that kind of stuff. So, they... Yeah imported a bunch of mannequins to pose as fans and they have them posed you know holding signs and cheering different things it turns out that they're all a bunch of sex dolls did the did the football players get fooled by this uh the management did it says i don't know it It says we'd like to- I've known football players and I can see how maybe it would be pretty easy to fool them into thinking that the stands are full. But. Yeah, well apparently the supplier, I, I the supplier makes both clothing mannequins and sex dolls. And they assured that the official, they assured the, the football club officials that these are just gonna be all clothing mannequins made to look real. Um, and then. I st- it turned out that the the uh, football club managers didn't check for themselves, and they placed the mannequins out around the stands, and then people started noticing that you know their proportions were uh, not what what you know a little bit too yeah you know <laughs> exaggerated a little too perfect yeah. and people started writing in wait a minute why do you guys have sex dolls in the stands. <laughs> 
So then a bunch of people stole a bunch of sex dolls. I guess then the, the fans the fans started disappearing from the stadiums at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly there's less people there. I don't understand the purpose of having the sex dolls. I don't, you know they, what? Are they trying to make the football players think that the stadium is full? Oh yeah, I I no well, I think they're trying to I don't know if they're trying to make the the watchers think or the the football players think that like the, people the stadium has like real home. people, but I mean they're they're still. I think it's just to create sort of an ambiance of of people in the stands cheering or something like that. You know, even though they're yeah. obviously not moving or anything. In fact, some. <laughs> it's such a weird this thing is, to do. Okay, this is even weirder. Forget whether it's sex dolls or mannequins. Okay, let's even pretend they're mannequins for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> they're wearing COVID masks. <laughs> that's so stupid. I don't want to. People are doing the dumbest the things nonsense. with this you know COVID what? virus. Let's let's go back. Okay, parents, you can turn it back on now. So in South Korea, the football club of Seoul has imported these mannequins to replace fans at the football games. The mannequins are wearing COVID masks. <laughs> I wonder if the mannequins are buying hot dogs and spending money that, I, uh, that fans would. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it appears the that point? they also have some some cutout fans along there too that aren't aren't full mannequins. They're just like those just those like boards, two dimensional. Yeah, boards. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, football players are really oh, dumb. Gosh. Well, you know what? That's that's how they select them, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> they line them all up. They line the little, uh, you know, the twelve-year-old the kids in South Korea up and in a field, and they told them, "Okay, I want you all to run in a straight line." And they have them run towards a forest, and the ones that smack into the trees, they take them and make them football players. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I we're going to get there are so many dumb things happening because of the COVID-19 virus and yeah. I just I never thought the world could that, be this stupid that, <laughs> yeah like like society as a whole communally we're all so stupid yeah and like here and there there's a smart person who sees what's going on and he's pulling his hair out saying what the heck is wrong with you people but Yep. Doesn't seem like the majority. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it, folks. I guess we better keep keep praying. Keep circling keep, those beads. Keep, yeah. <laughs> um, what else can you say? Uh, think about what we said, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys.